I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is a bonus episode of News Du Jour. Hey everyone, and welcome back to a bonus episode of News Du Jour for my maternity leave. So I hope you guys are having a great day, a great week, a great month. I miss you all. Just please know that. And I'm going to share as much as I can on social of my motherhood journey, but I just really wanted to say that I miss you guys because I'm sure that when the time comes for this episode to be aired, I'm really going to be missing you guys. So today's episode is based off of something that I get a ton of questions about personally. So it's much more of a personal episode. Um, I get questions all the time about my routine and basically how I work for myself, how I stay self-motivated, how I plan my day. And it's true. I mean, it can be really difficult to work for ho- from home, work for yourself. No one's going to kick your butt. You have to kick your own butt. Uh, there's no boss breathing down your neck. You have to do that for yourself. And it took me a long time to build healthy habits in this sense and positive routines that help me, you know, sort of go on to autopilot. But I wanted to share those experiences with you guys in a way that's kind of digestible where you could incorporate them into your routine, whether that is, you know, that you work for yourself and you're an entrepreneur like me, or if you go to an office, there's a lot that can be taken away in both scenarios. So let's go ahead and jump in. So I wanted to start off with what I've been focusing on recently. So I'll dive deeper into other productivity tips that I put into use years ago as well. But these are some changes that I've made as of late that have made a huge difference. So up until recently, I was nannying a day and a half out of the week. So there was a lot of shifting schedules and changing plans associated with that because (laughs) parents have shit come up and they often need to rearrange things at the last minute. It came with the territory but because of that my schedule was always a little bit up in the air and the three days that I had to myself in the week were like a mad dash to get shit done. I still got a ton of shit done, but it was much more chaotic, fly by the seat of your pants, and go, go, go all of the time. Now I find myself with basically two more days in my work week, and it could have been overwhelming, but I really chose to take the time to be intentional about how I would handle this shift and having more time and more freedom in my schedule and I was suddenly wide open to work on my business. So somewhat prompted by TikTok, (laughs) I chose to dive into my daily habits and routines as well as my calendar in general. When it comes to habits and routines, these are what we fall back on when all else fails. 
when we feel like crap or things haven't been going well, we still put on our shoes the same way. We still buckle our seatbelt when we hop into the car because these are muscle memories that are powerful and we can harness them to our benefit. And for the record, if you do not have routines or habits set, please do not beat yourself up about that or think that you're behind, especially if you're young. It's always a great day to turn a new leaf and level up. Don't waste time being hard on yourself. Just make the choice to make the shift. For me, what's worked is to lay out a little morning and evening routine on my phone in the notes section. So, you know, with the little bubbles to tick off. Basically, it's broken down into three sections for the morning. Number one is coffee and a big water. I've found if I don't start hydrating first thing, I will forget and either have to pause work to get up and find myself with a pounding headache by noon, realizing I haven't had a sip of water yet. Neither are productive. Then the second section is something to fill my cup. So I choose a list of activities, choose from a list of activities. So There are examples like meditation, journaling, daily readings, listening to a motivational podcast, having a dance party, soft stretching, etc. And I will choose two of those activities to start my day off inspired or fun or restful, whatever I am needing to fuel my heart and mind. And the third section is movement and vitamins. So I choose what movement activity But I can always prioritize getting outside or I always prioritize getting outside and getting into the sunshine when and where I can. I then come back and make a healthy breakfast and that's my morning. I'm then set up for a great work day, mind, body, spirit. In the evenings, it's a similar three section format. The first section is turn on soft music, lower the lighting, brush teeth, nighttime skincare, and start my oil diffuser. After that, I pick from a little list, just like in the morning, but this one's smaller. There's daily gratitudes, reading, gua sha, face roller, rosary, or journal. I then take my nighttime meds and lights out. Doing these things as a habit creates what's called sleep associations, where you associate sleep with a certain sensory vibe, you know, what you hear, see, smell, taste. So doing the same things nightly actually helps your body to know it's time for rest. At the end of the day, these are the habits that I want in my life to set my my body up for the best day possible as well as the best sleep possible. That's why I'm being intentional about making sure I do these things. Okay, so in general, that is how I have discovered a morning and nighttime routine that has really helped me to be productive every day throughout the week. And it's really allowed me to put those morning and nighttime routines on autopilot because I'm now in the habit of doing those things. Next up... I want to talk about batching tasks and diving deep into your calendar. When will you get specific things done? Do you have time to do everything? So these are important questions. Hand in hand with my routine, I really fell in love with my calendar. 
this is where the key to productivity really lives for me. And I actually got this tip from a productivity coach. We have that interview in our bonus episodes already recorded. So if you want to scroll back, if you're really diving into your productivity, that is a great interview as well. But really what it comes down to is when are you going to do each thing? I will schedule out time to make TikToks, answer emails, shoot Instagram content, do brand work, reach out to sponsors, even write bonus episodes just like this one. So if you're not familiar with batching, I highly recommend. The theory is that it takes brain power to switch tasks. So if you're staying on the same type of task over and over, it's just a lot more seamless and therefore will help you to maximize your time. So for example, I try and book Zoom calls back to back all together, block off whole mornings to batch content and mass produce graphics. For example, it takes me about an hour to get ready with hair and makeup to shoot anything, TikToks, Instagram photos, etc. So it's best if I can produce a lot of content once I've spent that time getting ready because otherwise I would have to spend that hour getting ready on multiple days out of the week and therefore waste more time. Another example would be recording bonus episodes. So I have to bring my laptop and a bunch of gear and maybe some water, etc. up to my desk in the recording studio in order to start recording. So that's just a lot of effort and a lot of things to get set up. So if I can sit down and batch out like five different episodes, it maximizes my time because I'm not having to get prepared five separate times, but just once. Hope that makes sense. Um, I found a lot of success with this method, but regardless of whether or not you batch, your calendar and sticking to it holds the key to really getting things done. This just doesn't apply to work either. My husband and I actually have a list of things we want to get done for the house before the baby arrives. I quickly realized we were running out of weekends, so I made a list of everything we wanted to get done and scheduled time for each project. Now, did I underestimate or overestimate how long some things would take? I'm sure I did. And that's where scheduling is not a science, but... You're going to get a lot closer to your goals if you actually block off time for them and adjust accordingly as you go based on your priorities. And that brings me to adjusting expectations equals adjusting mood and self-worth. Expectations are a huge part of managing your productivity and your feelings of self-worth. So These two things should not be linked, but let's face it, when you don't reach your goals, you end up feeling pretty crappy. So in order to make sure we're feeling good, we need to be realistic about our time and our goals. What can we realistically get done? I've had to adjust this countless times in my life and in running this business, but especially when I was first diagnosed with a chronic illness and when I got pregnant too, I had to adjust a little as well. If your expectations are not in line with what can realistically be accomplished, you'll never be happy. You're not a robot. You're only human. There's only so many hours in the day. So when you're feeling down on yourself, that's a huge waste of time and energy and emotional space. 
And there's no world in which all those hours could or should be used for work. So scheduling time for you, whether that's a massage, dinner with friends, or just time to veg out, just free time. Sometimes it's helpful for me to actually put this on the calendar too and block it off so that I know my me time is protected and that I'm getting in that rest. This is especially important if you're your own boss. When you work for yourself, it's so much harder to delineate between work and personal time. And I have swung dramatically from working way too much and way too hard and burning out to not working enough and being totally lazy. (laughs) I've gone to both extremes Uh, because in theory, all of your time could be work time. And you are in charge of reaching your goals. There's no one else to fall back on. So in order to protect your personal time, well, from yourself, blocking it off can really help as a reminder to take that break and give your body what it needs. But that brings me to attention management. And this is something people I feel like don't like to hear, but It's part of being productive and being successful is managing your attention and using some discipline. So let's say that you spend hours and hours planning a gorgeous recipe through your calendar on how you're going to get all your work done. But then when Thursday rolls around, instead of making all those TikToks you were scheduled to create, you called your mom. This has never happened to me before. (laughs) Or you got too distracted scrolling on TikTok that you never got a single one done. Well, all that time planning didn't help a thing in that case. So your attention management and product, you know, your discipline to actually be productive is also vital to your success. I've shared this tip over and over again. But this old boss of mine used to say block and tackle like from football, but instead she meant block out all the distractions and tackle one thing at a time. So she would challenge all of us to close all of the tabs on our computer. Yes, all of the tabs, except for the one that we were working on. And of course, you know, if a project required more than one tab, you know, but anything that was open needed to have direct relationship to the task you were trying to get done. She even advised us to turn off text and email notifications as they can be a huge distraction as well. Even though they're technically part of your work, they can take your focus off of the task at hand. And of course, the distraction of all distractions is your phone. So turning it on mute or work or do not disturb or some type of setting um, where it's quiet and then putting it somewhere out of reach is so helpful for me. Like that has just been a game changer. And again, it takes discipline to actually put that setting on and put it away. But if you can just do those things, then you are so much more set up for success. Then open your computer to just what you need to get your one task done and do it. Then go on to the next task, following this pattern until it's time for a break. Attention management is something that I struggle with daily as it's definitely, uh, you know, it's a challenge with my ADD that worsens when I'm anxious. And the best thing for taking on that anxiety, though, is 
honestly, to get a few things ticked off my list. Once I feel capable of getting things done, I can typically get into a solid workflow. So that is my advice for you guys is if your to-do list just feels really daunting one day, be like, I'm just going to do this one task, just this one. Just focus on getting one thing done, maybe two, then just go on to the next task. And suddenly you feel very capable and less anxious about tackling everything. Next up, the when and the where of it all. So another big part of attention management, in my opinion, is figuring out when and where you are the most productive. So these things can definitely shift over time. So it's a matter of staying really self-aware and in touch with yourself. For example, when I was in college, I realized that when I worked with my friends, I could knock out a smaller, easier more mindless task. But when I really needed to work alone on the quiet floor was when I was going to go hard and needed to work on something more in depth and bigger assignments and projects and papers and things like that. So I would go there when I really needed to get stuff done. But eventually (laughs) my friends started migrating to the quiet floor too. And it became less quiet, (laughs) less easy to focus there, etc. So we inevitably started throwing things at each other or IMing each other about boys or about the person who just walked past us. And we would get distracted there on the quiet floor too. So suddenly my safe haven to get my work done no longer functioned the same. And so I realized I work better alone in my room, etc. So My point is here that things will kind of ebb and flow as life changes all the time, but it's up to you to use self-awareness to notice you're not getting anything done and to use discipline to adjust accordingly. So that can be really hard to do, um, but that's definitely going to affect your productivity and, you know, it. I love working with friends and actually I make time to do that in my adult life as well and I love having like a coffee shop day but I make sure that that's a day where I don't need to get as much stuff done or just sort of eat like I said easier more mindless tasks are perfect for a day like that and those are really healthy for your mental health and they can be great for networking so there's definitely merits to doing both um I definitely don't I'm not someone who's ever going to be like a hermit working alone all the time, but it's important to be self-aware when you have a lot to get done. On top of that, the when is also really important to figure out when you're most on fire. If you are a morning person who works like the wind right after your cup of coffee, or are you a night owl whose wind of inspiration always hits after everyone else is climbing into bed? Lean into whatever time that is. That's who you are. Structure your day around that. And then if you're planning to stay up late, wake up later too so that you're still getting your rest. Plan tasks for your fuzzy mornings that are a little bit more autopilot, like running errands or administrative tasks or emails. But if you're more of a morning person, maybe you batch your work in the mornings, knock it out, and then slowly fade out your day into the afternoon. It's all about making a plan and just adjusting as things shift.
And next up, in terms of productivity, I find it's really important to remind yourself of your why. Once again, you can make the best plan ever and still feel uninspired or distracted when you sit down to work. And a key antidote to this, for me at least, is to remind myself why I am doing this task in the first place. Connecting your task to bigger goals and visions helps you to stay motivated. And that wind of inspiration is the best thing you can do for your productivity. As you guys already know, I love vision boards, whether you make them, you know, tangible with paper and magazine cutouts or things you printed off, or if you make them electronically. I really do both and I make heavy use of both. Like, for example, I have a sugar-free media vision board that I made back in 2015 when I was starting all of this, or excuse me, 2017, 2017 when I was starting all this. And I made this vision for what it is. And I had this really clear vision. It's never changed. And I keep that vision board in my office where I can see it at all times. And when I'm feeling lost, I just look at that and I know my purpose again. Similarly, I make vision boards for the entire year electronically and then and like with Pinterest, you know, and images I pulled from the internet or numbers that I want to hit. And I set that as a background for my phone and my computer. So I'm always seeing it and make sure it's aesthetically pleasing. So it's pretty to look at, but also just stuff that makes me want to go and get those things done and get excited about it. You know, if you kind of have that why pushing you and putting wind in your sails, you're just going to be more motivated to get things done. And at the end of the day, that's a big part of productivity. So one more tool that I use for productivity, um, I mentioned being self-aware quite a bit. Um, I think it's important to know you know, what's working for you and what's not and to really keep an eye on that. So last but not least, when I read the book Managing Oneself produced by the Harvard Business Review, they recommend writing down how you plan to accomplish something, whether it's a task big or small, and then come back to that journal once it is done and write down exactly how it ended up playing out. So This can help you actually identify distractions or patterns of behavior that work against your own productivity. Sometimes it's really hard to have the self-awareness to figure these things out or to admit them to yourself. But when you see in black and white that your phone or your coworker or the place that you're working is what's continually preventing you from reaching your goals, you're more likely to take action to change those things. So it's much harder to deny once you've written it, you know, about three different projects that your coworker was the reason you didn't get them done. You need to move away from that coworker, you know, or make time for margaritas after work or something like that. Um, But journaling can just be a great tool to really dig into why you're behaving in certain ways and what's working and what's not working. It's really helped to direct me and get feelings out of the way too. Like if you're feeling overwhelmed or inadequate, where's that coming from in, you know, your work life? 
you can use a journal to really pinpoint that. At the end of the day, though, a lot of these things come back to choices. You choose how to schedule. You choose whether or not to follow that schedule. You choose to go to the library to work or to sit next to your friends. You choose to put in extra time when you're on a roll or you choose not to. Human beings have to balance rest, health habits, and work ethic all at the same time. And at the end of the day, searching for the secret for productivity can actually sometimes hold you back from doing the actual things you need to do. So make a start, track what works for you and what doesn't, and make the choice to adjust accordingly. That is how the race is won. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider becoming a patron of our podcast. For $7.99 a month, you can unlock tons of perks like breaking news text messages so that you're never out of the loop. Tons of bonus episodes are already up there ready for you to binge and a discussion board full of networking opportunities and much more. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash sugarfree media today to become a patron. This is the best way to support our show. Our patrons make news du jour possible. But a couple other ways to support our podcast are rate and review on whatever podcast platform you use to listen, share on your social media, you have influence. Tell your friends, family, and colleagues that you love news du jour and why you listen. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram, just sugarfreemedia, all one word on TikTok, and sugarfree underscore media on Twitter. We also have a weekend newsletter called Dreamers Digest that's full of dreamy content recommendations for your weekend and a life update from yours truly. Sign up today on our website www.sugarfreemedia.co. Our music is by Joey Lavoy and Nicholas Foster. Our cover art is by Hannah Pierce Photography. Our Sugar Free Media logo is by Katherine Jezik Designs. Any twinkling or little footsteps you might hear in the background are by my dog, Rhett. He's a rescue pup and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from Oh, oh.